guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, it's Drea. This is Jackie. And we are back with another week of Killer Cocktails. Oh yeah. Uh, This is our 47th episode. Damn, Gina. I know, I know. It's pretty cool. Um, This week we are doing a listener's recommendation. We're doing the Dirty Monkey. And M. Did we make the Dirty Monkey? I don't know. Who, who recommended this? So, M Healed 10 on Instagram recommended this. And I want to say that she went to a great restaurant that had an amazing blender and had all these great drinks. And the bartender was like, oh, I know what they were doing. I know how to make this real special. The recipe that we got and that we stumbled through did not taste very good. Yeah. I wouldn't say it tasted bad, but it didn't taste good. Um... I thought it was the rum that was causing the issues. So Kimmy was like, bomb, bomb, bomb. We'll do vanilla vodka. We'll yeah. do this. We'll you, do that. You guys got real creative. Yuck. And it was just as bad. It was worse. You can't say it was just as bad. It was worse. I thought it was better than the first one. We're different people. But I could see where it could be good because you're having, you have the chocolate notes, the I, banana notes. I see it coming together. Blended. We messed up somehow. Yeah. So I would say. Maybe don't use our recipe. Don't. No. You know how we give recipes. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to us. <laughs> see what ours was. Then mm-hmm. Google it, then see who we copied, obviously, and pick a different version. Yes, definitely. That's my advice um, to you. But thank you so much, M Heel Ten, for giving us this recommendation. I wish that we could have tasted what you tasted. M Heel Ten. Oh, because they don't. They might not necessarily know what recipe they had. Yeah, because they probably ordered it from a restaurant. If you know what recipe you had, yeah, shoot us the recipe. Shoot it to us so we can correct correct it up definitely so we're doing the dirty monkey yeah and monkeys in the name oh yeah so we thought we'd give you guys some monkey facts i couldn't be more excited jackie how about you let everybody know how much you love monkeys and i'm gonna I'll, I'll clarify a little bit monkeys are cool i love great apes okay sorry and apes are very different from monkeys the theme of this episode is monkeys but i'm definitely gonna take an ape bent to it because apes are so fascinating i love it I, there's, I, I used, you know, they're like, who would you want to meet? Mm-hmm. I wanted to meet Coco. Oh. <laughs> when Coco died, my friend sent me texts like, are you okay? Coco died. Oh, no. Yeah. Great apes are fascinating. Yeah. Is it because they're so similar to us? Is that? Interjection story. Mm-hmm. I one time was at the Fresno Chaffee Zoo, which is probably one of the saddest zoos I've ever been to. It's like chain link fence status like it was i don't know how it's a zoo and we were there being like oh this is an interesting place and we were at the orangutan enclosure and there's this orangutan and we're like up on a high platform so below us we see this orangutan's up at the fence line and is like reaching through the fence towards something we're like what's that orangutan doing and we like scurry down and we look and there's a little like umpetit baby crystal geyser water bottle yeah just outside of reach of the gate the orangutan grabs a long stick puts it through the fence bats the bottle towards <gasps> the fence grabs the bottle unscrews the cap goes over to its water spigot fills it up with water puts the cap <gasps> back on puts it in its mouth goes <laughs> orangutan's up to the very furthest corner up oh. in its enclosure Takes the cap off, chugs the water, throws the bottle. It was like watching a furry person. It was crazy. Ugh. They're, I hate, they're I furry hate, people. I hate it because they're in zoos. I know. But like a lot of, not a lot. Some zoos are like sanctuaries. Yeah. 
Some yeah. are good, some are bad. We're, I mean, we were talking about, like, we don't have to go down this tangent, but we were talking about octopuses today and how smart they are. Like, yeah, there's some smart animals out there. Yes, there are. Yes. Yeah. Octopi. Get off my pie. <laughs> but no, great, great apes. Uh, I, I won't make this episode an hour of me talking about apes. <laughs> that would be a bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. I just, everything about them is fascinating and they're terrifying in their strength. Mm-hmm. Gotta respect them. They're, yeah. An ape is like the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't turn your back on an ape. Okay. <laughs> They're very strong. You have crazy eyes right now. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. Okay. Um, Jackie, I'm going to tell you and our listeners some monkey facts. Here we go. And because you were so in tune with monkeys and great apes, you can chime in whenever you want. Sure. Because this is for you. <laughs> okay. Monkey fact. To attract a female partner, male capuchin monkeys mm-hmm. will urinate in their hands and then rub it thoroughly into their fur oh, how you do like their own little Musk. cologne yeah it's do like you know do you know what kind of monkey is a capuchin monkey is it the little one with the whoop? i don't know what that means <laughs> did, did you you watched friends okay cool ross had a monkey uh, marcel marcel was a capuchin monkey gotcha that's a great visual for our listeners there and myself yeah <laughs> monkey fact Quote, unquote, Uncle Fat was a morbidly obese monkey in Thailand who gorged himself on junk food and soda that tourists had left behind. As the leader of his troop, this gluttonous monkey also had subordinate minion monkeys bringing him goodies. Whoa. <gasps> I There's love- a hierarchy to monkeys. I love this monkey. Wow. That's crazy. Could you imagine seeing that monkey being like, oh, 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 oh. It makes me think. I've seen a picture. There was some monkey. I want to say it was in Thailand, but I don't know where he was. There was a chimpanzee. So not a monkey, but there was a chimpanzee who smoked. He was in a zoo in some (gasps) other country and he smoked cigarettes because people would flick cigarettes at him. And then he's got like. How did he light them? He. They're addictive. He got. Because he's mimicking people smoking them. Oh, but he's not like actually. No, he smoked them. Then he got addicted to them. And then he's super aggressive and they have to get him. Light like them. them. Like them. I, now I understand what you said. People would flick lit cigarettes gotcha. to I was like, the chimp. I was going to let it go. but <laughs> Yeah. So then he like, and now the zookeepers have to give him cigarettes because he gets real angry about it. Wow. That's crazy. The stickers, you know, like you can't use the patch because they're furry. <laughs> You'd have to shave them. Yeah. Um, okay. Monkey fact. At the tip of a monkey's tail is a patch of bare skin that acts similar to a human's fingertips. It is sensitive to touch and also has tiny ridges that gives the tail a better grip. Interesting. Oh. It's one of the main differences between a monkey and an ape. Tail or no tail. The tail. Yeah. Yeah. Monkeys have tails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey fact. Oh, fact. (laughs) (laughs) Monkey fact. The Yukari is one of the rarest and most unusual looking of all the New World monkeys. What's Old World monkeys? I don't know why I had the same thought. While it looks similar to an orangutan, its face is pink, which often turns bright red when the animal becomes excited or angry. It also makes a noise similar to human laughing. No! (laughs) Ah! Could you imagine being in the jungle going, ha! I don't like it. I don't like it. I hate it. I want to hear it later. Okay. Monkey fact. The male howler monkey has the loudest call of any other primate is one of the loudest animals in the world. Whoa. Interestingly, the louder the howler monkey, the smaller its testicles and the lower its sperm count. Old world monkeys have narrow noses that point down. 
They don't hang in trees. They're larger. They don't have prehensile tails. Uh, they have strange sitting pads on their bottoms. New World monkeys have flatter noses. They do live in trees, and they have prehensile tails. So which one's closer to us? Like, is there, like, a branch off of what's going on? You know what Oh, I mean? closer to us, like... Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Curious. Because I would think we're closer to apes than monkeys. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, you guys, that has been Monkey Facts. I would give this cocktail a 7 out of 10. I... What did I give it? I said seven, seven and, and a half. half. Yeah. It's just, okay, I can see where they're coming from. It's blended. It's banana-y, chocolatey. It has a real banana in it. Yeah. So I think this, if we could get the right recipe, would be great during the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. A decent kind of smoothie like. Yeah. Because the banana. Mm-hmm. I like it. I have an extra monkey fact for you. And by monkey, I mean great ape. Okay. So Coco, the gorilla. Okay. Uh, was born on the 4th of July. Nice. In San Francisco. And she spoke in sign language. That was her big thing was you've got Penny, her trainer, teaching her sign language. Penny uh, got her a little cat. So she had a little kitten and she named it All Ball. And she loved All Ball. And they bring All Ball in and she treated it like a baby. And then All Ball get hit by a car. Oh. And Coco was so sad. Oh. And she was signing like tears, oh. cry, my baby. Where's my baby? My baby died. Oh. It was very sad. Then they brought in Michael. Michael was another gorilla. And they were like, ooh, Michael knows sign language and Coco knows sign language. Like, is it going to be a love connection? And they were just friends. <laughs> and Michael had a dog. And I can't remember what his dog's name was, but he was like a collie, like a black and white collie. And Michael was a really great painter. So he would paint, like finger paint, all this stuff that they would sell online. I think you can still get prints from Michael. Um, then they went and they moved. They lived in a sanctuary in Hawaii for a while. Michael and Coco? Uh-huh. And then, uh, just friends, just friends. And then they were like, we got to like, cause scientists really wanted to know if Coco had her own baby, would she teach it sign language? Yeah. Because the people taught her sign language. They've never had a gorilla teach another gorilla sign language or a chimp teach another yeah. chimp. So then they had Coco go, uh, like video dating and they would show her videos of different gorillas. And then she was like, Ooh, I like this one. So she was swiping right. And oh left yeah. On the gorilla. Yeah, she was. Um, but Nothing ever really came of it. Oh, Coco. Yeah, she died a bit of a spinster. Oh, she she had Michael and she had her pets. She had cats. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I Coco is fascinating. All right. Well, that's been our cocktail hour. And I think it's time to jump into some murder. Jackie? All right. Let me find my place. Will you take this from me, please? My time. Thank you. All right. I'm going to tell you. Uh, about Sandy Harold. Okay. So Sandy was born in 1938 uh, to a Jewish mother and an Italian father. Um, they had a bakery, like a downtown bakery. This is in uh, like New York-ish area, Stamford, Connecticut. So like she's like when people describe how she talks, they say she's got like a kind of New Englandish, kind of New Yorkish. She's a very specific kind of tonation um but she's been in stamford connecticut her whole life does that city mean anything to you no it just makes me think of the office because they have a oh <laughs> in those weird episodes of the office where they're up in stamford so uh she grows up there and she's pretty close with her family with her parents she's got like a german shepherd dog that she really loves they live on a property where they've got horses um so she kind of has a, a good childhood 
Um, she marries when she is like kind of just out of high school. Um, but that doesn't really go very well. So then she marries again in 1960. Um, and her second marriage is romantic. It's intense. Like she's about about it with this guy. Um, they have a daughter named Susan. So they call her Sue. Um, and that's in 1961. Uh, but kind of shortly thereafter, she's not getting like she had a very intense relationship with that guy. And maybe four years after Sue is born, it just kind of spins bad and they end up divorcing. Um, so when she's 30 years old, Sandy marries her third husband, Jerry Harold. Okay. And she's married to Jerry for forever. Like she and Jerry are just two peas in a pod. They get along really well. Jerry raises Sue like his own daughter. I think the other guy's kind of out of the picture. Um, they settle in. So they move into the house with her parents. So I guess it's like, it's like a big property. So they move in there. They open up a like a towing company and a body, a body shop. And it makes them millionaires. Nice. So they're living in this really cool property. They've got horses. They've got this kid and a very successful business. Um, in the 70s, Sandy and Sue and Jerry, um, they've got, they get into um, barrel racing. Have you heard of this? No. So I think it's just female riders like cowboys but you're like racing horses around barrels oh do you want to know what i thought it was <laughs> what people getting in barrels and going down a hill <laughs> or like like getting like busy. a waterfall <laughs> or something <laughs> no they're okay. racing horses because they have this horsing background that seems classy. so they're racing horses but like kind of touring to do it they encounter uh it's a famous so loretta lynn is a famous country singer so it's her traveling rodeo um that Sandy meets this uh, girl, Sharla Nash. And Sharla at the time is an 18-year-old runaway. Okay. And she's just out there being a cowgirl. Um, while they're out and this like barrel racing traveling fair thing is going on, um, they spot a chimpanzee. What? Dressed in Western wear, riding a horse around a ring. So it's like a show that this uh... chimpanzee, cow cowboy chimpanzee is riding a horse. Okay. Um, Sandy is super fascinated by this, seeks him out backstage. She's got gummy bears and, uh, the chimpanzee takes the gummy bears from her. And then later he's riding or she, it doesn't really say the gender of the, uh, chimpanzee, but the chimps riding around on a horse wearing a cowboy hat, um, sees Sandy up in the crowd, jumps down, runs on two legs <gasps> and jumps up into her arms. So she's kind of like, I am a chimpanzee whisperer. No, you give it sugar correct don't give them sugar go ask the okay don't feed all right so this is the beginning of her fascination with chimps all right um so now they've got the business is growing they're becoming super rich they've got all these horses and stuff um sue grew grows up and she's super close like sue grows up and she's so close to sandy they are really good friends um she starts working with them at the towing company auto body shop uh and that goes on for several years. And then Sue falls in love and she marries an employee from the one of the businesses and she moves away. And Sandy is heartbroken that her daughter that she talked to every day and was super close with is gone. Yeah. And they still talk to each other and they're still close. But like Sandy can't handle not having what it was. Yeah. Um, so then... 
she and Jerry like find themselves there because they're, I think they're kind of having a hard time being empty nesters is essentially kind of what it sounds okay. like. Um, they start getting like, they're like, all right, let's focus on the business. Um, but Sandy kind of needs more. So then in 1995, she reaches out to this chimpanzee sanctuary oh, in no. Missouri. No. And she's like, I'm, I'm going to buy a baby chimp. <gasps> No, don't do that. No, no, no. So there's this chimpanzee uh, sanctuary. And I use the term sanctuary loosely. Like I don't. Uh, it's in Festus, Missouri. So it's a rural town 35 miles outside St. Louis. And this couple, the Casey's have uh, their, I think they're breeding chimpanzees and selling the babies. What's the law behind all this? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So, uh. They have this baby chimp that Sandy's going to buy. She's going to buy the chimp for $50,000. Whoa. And she names him Travis after her favorite musical artist, Travis Tritt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Travis Tritt has a great song. uh, Great day to be alive. Anyway, whatever it is, it's a classic. It's very good. Um, So she goes down. She buys this baby uh, chimp. And from what I understand... Flies home with Travis, like, bundled up like a baby in blankets in her lap on Are a you serious? And this kind of sets the tone for how she's going to raise Travis. Travis is a human. Okay. And tra- so she, they, so they're millionaires. They're rich. Not only has she bought this chimpanzee for $50,000, but they've also kind of, like, retrofitted their home. So they've got Travis's own bedroom. They've got, like, tires and stuff for him to swing on. A big old bed and they make this giant cage thing where they can lock him in there, but they never do. So it's whenever they're not home, Uh they kind of like lock him in where he's got range between, I think, their bedroom and Travis's room. Um, They've got this big mattress on the floor of their master bedroom. But for all accounts, like Travis slept with them in their bed, bathed with them. They're very close with Travis. So the husband's super on board with this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jerry's super into it. How quickly do they grow? Um, so when you see chimpanzees in any sort of entertainment fashion in a movie, on a show, in a commercial, like those are all adolescent chimpanzees because as soon as they reach sexual maturity, you, you cannot keep them in that same way. They're super aggressive. Yeah. So that tends to happen when they're about seven. What's a lifespan? 50 years. 50 years 50 or more so like from one to seven you're you're super cute you can put them in overalls they'll do whatever okay and then they hit this point where they're where they're wild animals they're not domesticated so and they're so they're like five to seven times stronger than a human of the same size oh my god they're crazy strong Jeez. but right now he's a baby okay so they're raising him up he like brushes his own teeth he uh loves the ice cream man like he's got all these weird like super again she's treating him like a son she super misses her daughter and she's got this new baby essentially. i wonder what her daughter feels about it uh at one point she moves back in and she's cool with it and like huh. she has a kid who then becomes they're like the same age as travis oh no and they become really good friends okay imagine being a kid growing up with like a chimpanzee cousin that's crazy i just know that this is a true crime podcast and i know something's gonna go wrong yeah this doesn't sound familiar to you? No. You don't know where this is going. Okay. Um, so they've got Travis and like a handful of years go by. He becomes a local celebrity. So they've got this towing company. 
Travis rides shotgun on every like toe. Oh so gosh. imagine you have a <gasps> tow truck come to get you and there's a chimpanzee waving at you from the passenger seat. Why do I feel like you'd pop your tire every week? Oh my god. <laughs> he's on he's on billboards. The local police department absolutely loves him. There's all these photos of him with cops. Yeah. Like he is famous. Yeah. He's cuz Stanford's a relatively small town. Everyone's like Travis for the win. They love him. The neighbors love him. Everyone's like he's super sweet. He's great. He does all these cute human-like things. Um, so time goes on. Then, uh, eventually Sue gets a divorce. She moves back in. She's there for a little while, but then she remarries and she leaves again. And then Sandy loses her mind again. And she's like, my daughter's gone again. Um, and she hates the new husband because he's like taking her daughter away. Uh. Um, meanwhile, Travis is just getting bigger and stronger. And there's an incident that happens in, I want to say, don't quote me on the date. I want to say it's in it's in the 90s at some point. So Travis gets out and Travis knows how, like, Travis will steal car keys and he'll get in the car and he'll drive away. What? He's smart. He's real smart. And oh. he's been taught how to do all these human yeah. things. So at one point, they're driving down the road. He either gets out or he gets out of the car, but he's out in the world and he is running amok. He like undoes. Oh, this is what it is. They're driving down the road and somebody for some unknown reason throws a plastic water bottle in the window of the car at Travis. So they're just being a jerk and they see a chimpanzee in a car and they're like, Wah! and they throw this and Travis can't handle it, loses it, unbuckles his seatbelt, opens up the door and just starts ripping around. And then in the car while it's this driving? Is outside and like like she stopped the car. He's mad. He unbuckles his seatbelt. He gets out. Now he's running around in the middle of the street. Yeah. Rolls onto his back. And then he goes from being like angry about it to like goofing around. But he won't get back in the car. And she's like trying to get him back in with treats and toys and stuff. And Travis is like, nope, I'm having fun out here. So they're like calling the police. So like, we got a loose chimpanzee. The police come. Travis is running by the police and like bop, bopping them on their bottoms oh. and then like <laughs> running away. It's hilarious. So that lasts for about two hours. Finally, oh Travis. Gosh. Yeah. Finally, Travis gets tired and he's like, whatever. And he gets back in the car and buckles his seatbelt. He's like, we can go. Yeah. Um, doesn't get in trouble. Doesn't matter that he just like disrupted traffic and the police had to chase him around. Yeah. This one branch of some government's like, um, there's this like you can't have a chimpanzee anymore. There's this like permit thing that you have to have and you don't have it. So then it like escalates out and then eventually it gets to someone in some power position where they go. You know what? We're going to say that it's grandfathered in because Travis is a celebrity and it is going to be a nightmare trying to take Travis away from this community. They all love him. And we're just going to say that the permit was after the fact, which it was. So we're just not going to hold you to that permit. This is one of the red flags. Yeah. um, That will then later come into play. So maybe a handful of years later, um, Sue, so this is Sandy's daughter, who Sandy's upset that she lives super far away. Sandy's, or excuse me, Sue is driving home late at night. I feel like she's on Percocet because she's got some like neck pain or something. And she crashes her car and she dies. <gasps> and she's got her like infant daughter with her. Her daughter lives, but Sue dies. <sighs> so Sandy's only child uh, has now died. Uh, and Sandy is just can't, like can't handle yeah. it. And she's super depressed. And shortly thereafter, both of her parents die that both live on this property. 
and she just she just becomes crazy depressed so maybe four years after sue dies jerry gets cancer and he's in the hospital and sandy's talking to him and he's like sandy what are you going to do about travis like i'm i'm dying i'm going to die and i really think he's too much for one person yeah i really don't i think you have to send him to a sanctuary and sandy agrees maybe um they found in the house a letter to a sanctuary money description of all the but she never sent it okay so when jerry dies she she travis is all she knows and has and she can't let Let him go go. yeah um she's had him for eight years at this point oh no so he's at maturity he's about 200 pounds (gasps) all strength he's super strong and again, he hasn't really shown many signs of aggression. There's an instance at one point where somebody had come up to them in the car and said, hey, can I pet your chimpanzee? And Sandy was like, yeah, OK. And when the lady reached in, Travis bit her hand. Oh, no. And she reported it. And again, nothing happened. Ugh. So he had a couple little flashes of being aggressive. Um but so now we're in this time where like Sandy's super depressed and they used to be out and about. They would go, they would go to Italian restaurants and like read him the, like he had favorite meals. He loves filet mignon. He loved like. <laughs> the he, sugar. <laughs> it, it's crazy. So she becomes a bit of a recluse and Travis, and Travis really misses Jerry. Like Travis, she'd put him on the phone with him and he would become so upset when he would hear Jerry's voice. He would like, she'd have to like take him off the phone. Aww. Um, when Jerry died and like he hadn't seen him in a while, Travis would walk through the house and he would take pictures of Jerry off the wall and he would like hug them. Like they're, there's a lot going on there and they're very empathetic. So he took Jerry's death hard in the same way that Sandy did. And maybe he's mirroring some of the behaviors that Sandy's giving and they're both just, they're never going out and they're watching TV and just kind of lethargic. That's where he puts on a bunch of the weight. So... At some point, I think it's right after Jerry dies, uh, Sharla, the friend from long ago from barrel racing, who they'd kept in touch with, she reaches out and she's like, hey, I've got my daughter with me. I'm kind of falling on hard times. And Sandy's like, well, come live with us. I have it's not in the house. I have like essentially like a guest house. Come live in the guest house. Bring your daughter. Um, and things are getting kind of better, but she's still super depressed and she's still kind of staying in the house. Um, but she's got Sharla there. So on this one afternoon travis is being strange he's being more aggressive than normal and uh he doesn't want to color he does like he's just being extra depressed i guess um so sandy's like you know what i'm gonna give him some xanax oh no so she puts xanax into some tea it's not like this is prescribed to him not just her not to a chimp no i didn't know if it was like you know how some yeah i don't think so so she gives travis xanax tea oh no which doesn't have enough time to hit him so it's just part of the story but within five minutes um travis is irritable he gets out of the house i think he's out in the front yard so according to sandy she called charlotte and was like hey travis is out um nothing will get him back yet i need to get him like he's being kind of crazy i need to get him back in the house according to charlotte she's like sandy asked me to help get Travis back so there's a little bit of argument of Sandy being like Charlotte willingly came said that she would come and Charlotte being like no she asked me to come help her doesn't really matter Charlotte comes uh 
is either away she's got her car there so she's out in front whether she's driven up or she's just out in the front yard um travis this is where it gets bad travis charges her and out in the front lawn out in the front lawn sandy's in the doorway of the house sees all this happen travis charges charla and shoves her into her car and like charges at her and pushes her so very aggressively like that does major damage to show like she's injured um and then he just starts attacking her (gasps) sandy comes running out with a snow shovel and she's trying to hit travis to get travis off of her friend yeah that doesn't stop him she runs back inside is she like biting her yeah she runs back inside and she gets a butcher knife (gasps) and she comes (gasps) back out and she's trying to stab travis and it's not stopping him so then she runs back to the house and she gets on the phone. There's nine. There's a nine one one phone call that I accidentally heard, and it's oh Jackie, awful Jackie. You can hear trap. <gasps> you can hear in the background a chimpanzee screaming, and you hear Sandy like scared for her friend. Like she thinks, based on what she sees, her friend has died. Ugh. So she's really scaredly telling the people she's going. You need to send the police now. Tell them to come out, guns drawn. As soon as they get here, they have to shoot Travis. He's killed my friend. He's going to kill me. Because now she's now she's gotten into her car and the doors are shut. But Travis has <gasps> keys to her car and he knows how to open <gasps> up car doors. It's like the scariest movie in the world. So she's oh. on the phone with nine one one. It's very it's very scary. And Travis is just attacking her friend. So she tried to save her and then she was like, "This isn't getting yeah. me anywhere." So the police pull up. And the and Travis goes over to the passenger door of the police car <gasps> and tries to open it and it's locked. Oh, then Travis goes around <gasps> to the passenger, like knocks the side mirror off of the cop's car. Yeah. And the door's not locked. The guy <gasps> didn't get scared enough by his door trying to get on the other side. Travis opens no! up the door and the police officer shoots Travis four times. <gasps> Travis runs back into the house, <gasps> into his room, and he ends up dying inside yeah. the house. So her friend Charla is not dead. What? EMTs come. They grab her. Travis had bitten off her ears and her <gasps> nose oh, and no, her fingers. No, 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 no. Uh, they get her to the hospital. They save her life. She ended up losing her eyes from a like a virus that she caught from oh. him because chimpanzees have diseases that humans can catch. Um, and Sandy never really apologizes does she cover her medical bills no what so it becomes this contentious thing where (gasps) sandy's kind of like won't she'll say that i feel bad like she'll say that's terrible what happened to charla but she's also like i had i had to kill my son and she can't let she can't separate the chimpanzee from the person oh and so Charlotte and Charlotte's completely disfigured, like essentially doesn't have hands oh. and she doesn't have a face like she doesn't have a face. Oh, my God. And then Sandy, two years later, passes away. Yeah. So Charlotte's now suing the estate of Sandy. Yeah. Sandy doesn't leave any money to Charlotte. Doesn't what doesn't take care of her in any way. So then Charlotte. So she's stuck suing the estate where she eventually gets four million dollars that still doesn't cover all of her medical expenses. Whoa. So Charlotte stews the state and she's like, you guys more than knew about this chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. And in no way was she following any of the laws. Everyone was just charmed by this chimp. Um, 
here's all these instances that you should have interceded and you didn't. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's still to this day tied up in the courts. Is that one of the reasons why she's like, Mm-mm, she came to help me. She agreed that's to come pr- help I think me? that's part of the. That shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. Um, like if you agreed to come help me with my dog and my dog maims you. Like. That doesn't. Yeah. Your dog still maimed me. Yeah. So she had uh, like finger. They had canned finger transplants that didn't take. I think she like Ugh. caught an infection like they rejected. And she almost and she got a face transplant that almost rejected and they managed to save it. So she has corrective surgeries yeah. she's waiting for. Ugh. It's so sad. It's crazy. And that's part of like I get so fascinated by ch- like they're wild animals and no yes. one should have them as yes. a pet. And is, is there any state now that it's legal to have a monkey? Yes. Currently, Washington State, Montana, Nevada, North Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, Alabama, West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina have no restrictions on keeping monkeys as pets. What? That's insane. That's not... No. You shouldn't be able to keep a wild exotic pet. Period. It's a it's a state's rights versus federal. What? There's no federal rules about it. So each state governs itself. I hate it. It's just so it's so sad. And she so when like maybe nine months after this had happened, Oprah had her on. Mm-hmm. And like I mean you hear like she has such a great outlook she just has an attitude of like it ha- it happened and i'm just gonna keep living my life and like i'm gonna have these surgeries and yeah. i'm gonna but you know and i'm sure she has spirally moments um but she definitely has the the only type of attitude i think you can have yeah to keep going and come out of that and not just be this what a bitter twisted woman. person Good yeah that's awesome I'm guessing that your tie to the cocktail was ape monkey. Ape monkey, yeah. yeah. Good job. That was good. Oh, Travis, Travis the Travis the chimp. That was really good. I ne- when you started telling like towards the end with the attack, I kind of remember that. It was big news. That's crazy. Thank you, Jackie. All right, guys, we are gonna take a break, but let's do a little self care before we go. Jackie, how do monkeys get down the stairs? How? They slide down the... Oh, my God. Banana stir. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was good. Uh, what do you call a monkey that sells potato chips? What? A chip monk. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys. This is the break. And we have a break message for you this time. Um, we are still in the middle of our sticker t-shirt contest. So head over to our Instagram. We did a post about all the rules and contest information you would ever need. But essentially, um, you are getting a killer cocktail sticker from our website. You are hashtagging killercocktailspodcast.com. You're posting a picture with our sticker that's like super creative and cool to you. Yeah. Like what would be cool to you, Jackie? I like outdoorsy shots. So get yourself a little Vista. Get yourself... 
some mountains in the background. And I'm thinking like a cute little puppy or a little cat. Like, a, ooh, no, I want a fat cat. I want a fat cat with our sticker. Um, but essentially, we are going to pick the top three photos. And then y'all get to vote who gets to win this cool t-shirt that we're giving away. Um, so, yeah. Part of the driver. So, the money from these stickers. The oh, money yeah. from the shirts, inevitably. Where does that money go, Drea? We're going to get new microphones because we, in the beginning of our podcasting world, didn't know what kind of mics we needed, and we went the cheaper route. Yeah, so I think make the podcast sound better. Get some better quality mics. Yeah, so um, we definitely just want to reinvest in this podcast and give you a better show. So head over to our website, get that sticker, and let's get this contest going. All right, now back to the show. All right, guys, we are back from our break, and I'm going to jump right into my murder story. Here we go. Okay. Jackie, I'm going to tell you about Marcelo Costa de Andre. Okay. Okay. So a lot of this comes from this article called The Vampire of Rio by James Morrison. I'm sorry. You're so sad right now. The vampire ones are always so bad. I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to do one so soon, but... I almost... Maybe it's on a future. I started to look up a a, a vampire one, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to out-vampire Drea. <laughs> either I grossed myself out and didn't choose it, or it's for a future episode. I can't remember. Um, okay, so heads up. This one's going to be gory, guys. Um, so Marcelo is born in Racina, which is the largest favela of Rio de Janeiro. So we're in Brazil, guys. Okay. Um, which, in case you are unfamiliar with favelas, they are this unique low-middle-income neighborhoods in Brazil, and they have virtually no support from the government. So they're just kind of rogue. Um, the first favela appeared in the late 19th century, built by soldiers who had nowhere to live following one of their wars. Um, so it's kind of like a renegade okay. area. So Racina is built on this steep hillside, and it's overlooking all of Rio de Janeiro. So you Prime have real estate, you would think. Yeah, but it's but, but not. It's I don't know if slums the like yeah yeah you know, but it's essentially slums. And so uh, this uh, favela is a little bit nicer. They have more concrete houses, but some of them are just people who are bringing scraps from wherever and building yeah. houses okay. as best they can. And so, and it's like right near the beach too. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just really sad and everyone's compact and there's over a hundred thousand people living in this one little area. Okay. Okay. So Marcelo is growing up kind of like the same as the other children around him. So in that he doesn't have access to food usually. Uh, there's no running water. He is constantly physically abused and hardly goes to school. And at the age of 10, his family starts sexually abusing him. Mm. And he's out on the streets and he's hustling. He's trying to make money to just feed himself. Yeah. Uh, and by the time he's 14, he starts selling his body for money. Um, at, eight, at 16, he meets an older man and they start a relationship and he moves in with him. Um, at around age 17, he tries to rape his 10-year-old brother. Dude. By 23, his relationship with that older man ends and he goes back to live with his mother and his brother and he starts working at a low paying job and he's like handing out flyers for a shop like on the street and he starts going to church four times a week and he's going for like five hours at a time. Oh. And so kind of give you like a back history of Brazil at this time. So between December of 1987 and November 2001, 3,937 children were killed. The majority majority of them um, were dying because of the cocaine drug war that started in the early 1980s. Okay. So 
these drug dealers are forming these like camps around the towns and there's they start hiring these like teenagers to be their quote unquote soldiers and they're like giving them all these machine guns and they're like this is our turf protect protect our turf they're the enemy blah 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 so what happens when you arm a bunch of children and drugs are involved yeah you know these feuds start um getting like more and more crazy and like innocent bystanders start dying because they're shooting out in the streets and so this leaves other children, you know, by themselves. Sometimes they're homeless because their families were killed during mm-hmm. like all this. And so they have to scavenge for food. They're selling gum. They're polishing shoes. They're begging. They're stealing. They're starting to mug people. And sometimes they're killing people just to get by. And so crime is way up. And adults start having no sympathy for these children because they're like, you're the reason why we're in this mess. <coughs> Got it. And um, when they see children out on the street, they'll just start beating them. And just, just be like, assuming, just yeah. assuming that they're the criminals. So, um, in the 1990s, off-duty policemen and security guards are hired to quote unquote clean up the streets by going down different roads and just shooting kids on sight that Whoa. they deemed as criminals. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And in 1991, at least four children were being executed every day. That's crazy. So it's just a war zone. And I don't know if you ever saw the uh, movie City of God. Ooh. It's... Who's, uh, who's in that? Um, it's a Brazilian movie. And so it follows these kids' lives. And they, they kind of... You have two kids and they, like, grow up in the same town and they diverge. So one okay. goes down that path of joining those gangs and going that route. And the other one takes a little bit, like, better road. It's, in, it's so good. It's, it has subtitles. But if you huh. haven't seen it, I highly recommend City of God. It's it's amazing. Wow. It's it was made back in two thousand two. Um, so so that will definitely paint the picture of where we're at right now. So all this craziness is going on, and it sort of it sort of gives Marcelo the perfect cover for what he's about to do. What's he up to? So he's going to this church, like tons yep. and tons of hours a week, and this church is called the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God. Okay. And this was uh, founded by a state lottery employee, Adir Macedo, and it it is the fastest growing religion in Brazil. This is just like a weird tax haven, like mm-hmm. Eco Church. Yeah, and and they're like super into like we'll we'll uh, we'll protect you from voodoo and this and that, and yeah, it's, it's just, just kind of like one of your other vampire stories. Mm-hmm. And so Marcelo hears a priest one day, and he's like preaching, and he's like listening to everything and the priest is saying how boys who die under the age of 13 automatically go to heaven and marcelo is sitting there and he's like oh okay let so me so i'll if, kill people under 13 yes I'll, I'll i'll kill boys yeah yeah under 13 because it doesn't do them any it's not bad exactly and i'm saving them from Ew. this poverty ridden war zone yeah and they automatically get to go to heaven so he has this new idea in his head and so he's walking around one day and he comes across this boy named anderson and he offers him some money to help him light candles at a nearby church Uh, but instead marcelo takes him to this deserted area and he proceeds to rape him and then strangles him to death (sighs) marcelo then leaves without anyone seeing and he ends up returning to the body on three separate occasions to see if he's still there to see if anyone has discovered him and no one has because everything is you know. yeah it's mayhem uh so marcelo eventually uh, murders 13 other children 
all following the same pattern as the first murder. He would lure them with promises of candy and money to secluded spots. Uh, he would rape them, strangle them, or beat them to death and have sex with their corpses. He would also sometimes bury them in shallow graves. Uh, in two instances, he drank their blood, stating that drinking their blood would make him more beautiful. Okay, so after one of the murders, uh, he returns later in the night with a machete, which he tells his mother he's taking to cut some bananas. Bananas is my tie. Oh, my God. Because there's bananas and a dirty monkey. Oh, my God. Good one. Thanks. Um, but in reality, he was going back to the to the body to yeah. cut to cut his head off. Yeah. And later, his uh, mom will say, like, "Well, it's weird because he left with Mr. Shetty to go like cut bananas, but when we came back, there was blood all over it." You go fishing all the time, <laughs> and you never bring home no fish. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> You never bring us any fish. I know what you're doing out there. Oh. <laughs> um. So on uh, December 11th of 1991, Marcelo sees two brothers, uh, Altier, who's 10, and Ivan, who's 6, and offers them $20 if they help him while he lights candles in a nearby church. So same MO. The boys agree, but as soon as they are away from other people, Marcelo turns on Altier and tries to kiss him. Altier tries to run, but Marcelo catches him and throws him on the ground. Marcelo then grabs Ivan and strangles him until he dies. It's so hard because they're... It's a grown man and it's kids. Uh-huh. So he's stronger, he's faster. Yeah, and that's your brother. Like, you see yeah. this grown stranger attacking your sibling. Mm. And so Marcelo then turns to Altier and he takes them to some bushes behind a petrol station and they go to sleep for the night. But, like, as they're laying there, obviously... Altair is not sleeping, but Marcelo yeah. is explaining how um, Ivan is now in heaven and that he loves Altier and he'll take care of him and like cool crazy man. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, Marcelo takes Altier to work with him to go hand out flyers. Jeez. However, Altier escapes and finds his way home. Um, and he's actually so afraid to tell anybody what happens that it takes him two days to tell his family. Yeah. Cause he's like, I lost my brother. I don't know where he is, but like, you're a little kid. Like, yeah. I get it. And so he finally tells his mother what happened. And like the police go to Marcelo's work and he's just there still at yeah. work, not thinking anything is going to happen to him. And initially he confesses to only the murder of Ivan. But when his mother is called in for questioning two months later, she tells police how, her son went out with the machete and the blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And so Marcelo finally confesses to 13 other murders and leads police to the barrel sites. Um, he's declared insane on April 26th of 1993. And Marcelo is placed in a psychiatric hospital in Rio. He's evaluated annually um, each year since then and has been declared insane each time. However, Marcelo managed to escape from the asylum in January of 1997. How did he escape? Well, I'll tell you. So a guard accidentally left a door open. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. It's a human mistake. I get it. Yeah. And so Marcelo hitchhikes his way more than 3,000 kilometers to go visit his father. Pause. Yes. Have you ever been driving in the middle of nowhere and pass a prison and you see the signs that say, do not pick up hitchhikers? No. Oh. There's signs by prisons that say don't. really, yeah. Do you know that there's this whole thing now where, um, 
I guess sex trafficking gangs or organizations will wait outside women's prisons and when they get released and they have nowhere to go and you can see who's been taken in. So they'll be like, oh, I see such and such. She has a drug history. She'll be an easy target. I feel like I... I don't remember. Did we learn that from in her backyard? Maybe. I've heard that. But yeah, so it's just... uh, It's such a nightmare. Uh. Okay. So he went to go visit his father and now... Oh. oh, okay. But they catch him and now he's back okay. in the psychiatric hospital. Um, and so he kind of becomes famous. He's like one of the notorious like Brazilian serial killers, but um and he used to charge like ten thousand dollars per interview. Like he was like really riding oh. this quote unquote fame. Um if he did it. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, you know, subsided because other people have done worse things and blah 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 and like people have starting to forget about him. And um but they said that he'll tell anybody who will listen about his stories. And his mother's the only relative who still visits him and he she only comes once a year. Um, and I couldn't find any documentaries really about this. I found some YouTube videos, but they're all in Spanish or sorry, are all in Portuguese. Um, but there is a book called serial killers made in Brazil and each chapter is a different serial killer. And I wasn't sure they had so many enough for oh, yeah. a book. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't look up to see if that was in Portuguese or not, but there is some information in there, but it is in a different language. So I just feel wow. like I've never heard about this one. And that was Marcelo. Dude. Yes. It wasn't as vampire as I was expecting. Yeah, I, I toned it down. So he was a vampire? No, he didn't think, you know, he really thought he was just going to be beautiful. Okay. He thought he was doing, in the end, he thought he was doing God's work. Yeah. And because of the church he was going to. So he's just still in prison. That's the, the end of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, t- when did he go in? Um, like 1997, he, he escaped. So now he's, he's just been in there since like 1993. <laughs> hmm. Do you need some self-care? Yeah. Why do monkeys go to drink? Why? Well, no, 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 no. Where do monkeys go to drink? <laughs> Where? The monkey bars. Oh. <laughs> At first I was like, monkey bars, not a joke. And then I went, oh, uh, yeah, that's a joke. What do you call an angry monkey? What? Furious George. (laughs) I like that one. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's been our episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, Be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, killercocktailspodcast.com, for up-to-date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at michellefirmdesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays. Yeah, I wouldn't say it tasted bad, but it didn't taste good. Yeah, like at first I thought it was the rum. We used the pusser's rum? Pussers. Pussers. Oh, no. Pussers rum. (laughs) (laughs) we already know i don't know how to say words very well so (laughs) pusser's rum which is okay anywho so (laughs) that's a fun killer cocktails (laughs) drinking game is every time we mispronounce a word (laughs) just drink